0: Welcome to Speaking a Strong Style, where we discuss the news, events, and issues surrounding New Japan pro wrestling. I am Stephen Conway. With me, of course, is Jeremy Feinstone. We'll have a special guest on later. We're going to get to him very briefly. But, uh, Jeremy, it's Fantastica Mania Week, a lot of shows, a lot of matches, and uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts going into this one after watching uh, a lot of uh, new faces and new styles? <laughs>
1: uh i'm glad it's only one week out of the year i liked it but it was a lot all at once and uh i'm not necessarily sure i had 12 hours to dedicate to active live in-ring lucha libre action this week but i made time for it i'm glad (laughs) i don't have to do it
0: how are you i'm doing well you know i always love this stuff i'm a big cmll fan and when you see these guys come over to japan it's a, a bit of a break in the schedule it's not particularly canon, is it? I mean, not a whole lot of things happened this week that is going to affect New Japan going forward. It was a bit of an exhibition week, sort of, uh, where people teamed up with people they wouldn't normally see and, and and do things they wouldn't normally do and all that, and we're going to get to that. I enjoy <laughs> the hell out of it, though. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm a big Lucha fan. I'm a big CMLL fan, so seeing these guys come over here and, of course, a lot of people in New Japan we're on excursion in CMLL have had a uh, time, a significant time in a lot of cases in CMLL. So uh, it's a nice mix, that strong style. And then the more tumbling Lucha thing. So uh, it was enjoyable to see. It's not the type of wrestling that you would show anyone to say, here's the best that CMLL looks, or here's the best mm-hmm. new Japan looks, you know, it's uh, it- it's, uh, it's but kind of a- still something for everybody, class. There was. Yeah. There was, but it was uh, it was enjoyable. I I like the shows for the most part. They and uh, you know will we'll, there were some patterns that emerged that we'll get into, yeah. and but, uh, like, we got to see some
1: fun stuff. The best thing I would say was like a festival. You you had you had like six shows, right? Five or six shows, and interspersed for all the shows was different events and things. You had the uh, incredible uh, Relivos, the the tag team mixed uh, match like straight uh, belt championship didn't take up the whole tournament it was in a couple of shows in the middle of it and then you had a couple of title matches and a couple of singles matches built out of few they were really just trying to give you an entire like cornucopia of flavors and treats that really represented the Lucha uh, spirit
0: so we're going to talk about fantastica mania we're going to get into bracketology for the new japan cup coming up we are going to attempt to talk about uh, hiromo takahashi's uh junior heavyweight show his little festival of its own which uh, has approximately everybody on earth i think i'm on this card jeremy i think i'm in an eight-man tag i think justin nipper's on the show too oh yeah man uh <laughs> and just for all of you at home uh wish me luck in trying to pronounce these people's names i'm going to do the best i can with some of these guys he
1: drew the short straw and has to do it today
0: here we go we're going to give it a shot we're also going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the other events coming up there's uh the, the anniversary show but a lot of the stuff of were about uh, the new japan cup and uh since it is such a big deal this new japan cup uh we have a special guest that's going to help us along tell us about that jeremy
1: well we have scott edwards also known yeah. as scott e-wrestling on twitter he is the resident joshi expert for fight game media fightful Voice of Wrestling talks to him. Everybody talks to him. I don't even think I'm doing him enough credit with this introduction. So I'm going to just bring him on now, and he can tell everyone all the stuff that he is able to tell. us. About. Hi, Scott.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. Not the greatest intro, but you do so much, and I honestly like had a moment of, I don't know how to introduce this guy other than he's the man who does everything when it comes to uh
2: Uh, For the people watching live at home, you see this little uh, name tag here. I just wrote too much initially. (laughs) Like, that was how I explained all the stuff that I do. Um, It's Yeah, it's a lot. You probably introduced me the best way you possibly could, because I don't even know where I write anymore half the time. I just know Fightful because, you know, that's daily. And I know Five Star Joshi Show because that's been the longest. But uh, thank you for the introduction.
1: You are the internet version of Brian Cage because you are not a man, you are a machine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it could be a good thing or bad thing. The- <laughs> I had
1: to give contests, and I made sure I did before we got too far into that one. I was
2: wondering where that was going to go. I was like, Brian Cage, oh man. Brian Cage, yeah.
1: More machine than man when it comes to the content that you provide oh. for yeah. people who love the art and sport of pro wrestling.
2: Thank you so yeah. much. Uh, yeah, I, I'm working hard. I'm working hard. That's about all I could say. Yes, um, right. I I always just recommend, please listen to my shows, especially the Five Star Joe Show, right here on the Fight Game Media Network. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Very good. Trained. I'm trained with that, but uh, I'm, also- I'm very excited to talk about New Japan with you all today.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And also, this is going to be uh, a podcast later on tonight. I'm going to drop this probably early tomorrow morning. uh, Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm still, uh, you know, mostly uh, Spotify, in particular, iHeart, and on uh, Amazon podcast, still working with the, with the, the Apple podcast. We, we've got a ticket in. There's a ticket. Uh, so we're, we're working on all that. So, uh, yeah. And uh, so we, we had Fantastica Mania, and the, the theme of Fantastica Mania this year was uh, Revelos Increíbles, which are uh, mismatched teams. This is something that they do in Mexico every once in a while, where they'll take uh, Rudos and Technicos, the uh, Technicos being baby faces. In uh, Mexico, Rudo's being the heels and uh, forced them to, to team up and pair together. And uh, they do a tag team tournament like that. And they just did in uh, Mexico. They had a lot of matches, About each show had at least one match that was uh, had an, a mismatched team. And then they had a two night tournament between what is supposed to be Revelos and Creible's, uh teams. And we're going to get to that because despite all of these mismatched tag teams, of the four teams in that match, only one of them was mismatched. Well, We'll get to all that. Uh, but uh, what we got was a mix of top talent. So some of the main eventers they had, uh, Mistico, uh, who's a, a legend. Uh, Ultimo Guerrero, certainly a legend in Japan. Uh, Atlantis Jr., Volador Jr., Soberano Jr., so a lot of juniors. Templario, uh, Templario Hachisario, Barbaro Cabanario. They also brought in some younger guys like Rey Cometa, uh, Captain Suicida, Magia Blanca. And those guys are young guys getting experience on the international stage. What was, interna- what was interesting about this is the last time they did this, of course, the pandemic wiped out a couple of years of Mania. Last time they did this, it was Atlantis Jr. That was basically a young boy that was doing those early in the card matches where you do one or two moves and then it goes to a finish, right? You know, it's five, six minutes and you're done. This year, he's one of the main eventers. And so it's been satisfying to see him. Uh, we also got to see Okamura again. This is a man who uh, trained in Japan, went on excursion, and never came back. He liked it in Mexico so much he basically uh, stayed there and has worked his whole career. Uh, we also saw his wife, Mima Shimoda. And, uh, Scott, you can tell he was uh, she was an all-Japan women's uh, star for uh, quite a while. And uh, Mima got her bumps in. He's a fantastic mania. She always manages to get a couple of bumps in. We saw that. So, Uh, A wide variety, so main eventers, some young guys, uh, some returnees and things. And, and of course, they used a lot of the guys from New Japan who have... Lucha Libre experience, obviously Doki, El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, Master Wato, who was, uh, was a Mr. Mr. Kawato, uh, and, and in Okamura's stable uh, as a heel uh, in uh, CMLL for a while. And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys from, from New Japan that have that CMLL experience. So, uh, Scott, we, we talked a little bit before you came on. What were your thoughts as this uh, Fantastica Mania tour went uh, on?
2: Oh, I had an absolute blast. I got I started to get into CMLL towards the end of last year. I watched the uh, anniversary event last year, mm. and that really turned me on to the to the product. And I've been trying to just watch as much as I could. You know, CMLL is not the easiest promotion to watch. So with Fantastica Mania coming up, it's like yes, I I get to watch shows when they actually happen. That's great. <laughs> that's that's the part that's uh always so difficult to me but you know I, I know I knew a couple of these guys going in but like soberano jr this mm. guy like I thought he was maybe the star of the entire tour um, mm. if it wasn't him it was mystico probably but that but that's like that's mystico like what what else was I supposed to expect from him he's just mm-hmm. an incredible talent um, I thought it was just a lot of good nights of Lucha and you know there's the match there see that was the match i was most anticipating and i actually liked a few more better so that was shocking i Uh, agree with you and i don't think that's a shot at them i think everyone was just had their working boots on this whole tour which was really cool there was some great action and i hope a lot of people want to see a cmll after this because i know i do I definitely yeah, and see, enjoyed that
1: sprint between Soberano and Teton on the second to last night. Yeah, That, that, that was, was a very good match.
2: That was probably yeah. my favorite of the, turn, uh, the tour.
0: And and for those of you, if you want to just see some CMLL, they do have a YouTube page. Not everything goes up immediately. Like he said, it's not always the easiest thing. A lot of their, their big show is Friday. It's Super BNN Super Friday at Arena Mexico. And it's a very different culture. It's a very different style. And it's wildly successful cmll is right now that it's they're in a bit of a hot period and they're getting 10 to twelve thousand people every friday night in arena mexico for these shows a lot of them are tourists that come through they're smart enough to run free tourist buses uh from the major hotels to the arena and back uh sort of saying that this is a, a mexican cultural thing and it is uh so see a bit of mexican culture so a lot of the people that are there aren't wrestling fans so to speak they're there to see the show and they kind of work that style where it's a lot of big moves big dives uh very exciting stuff it's it's different but it's a lot of fun to watch so uh if you get a chance to do it yeah i know there's a lot of wrestling uh but i certainly recommend it as well so we we also got some mini feuds here they they worked in some subplots so uh hijo del viano tercera which is the the son of viano three uh yeah, you Viano know, th- number three being one of the all-time greats uh Rudos and Mexican wrestling right there. I mean, really a, a fantastic worker. Uh his son uh feuded with Tiger Mask a little bit, got his mask a couple of times, yanked it right off. And one time the camera was in the wrong spot. We got a real good look, we got a real good look at what the real Tiger Mask looks like, probably uh more than they had anticipated, but uh that ended up being a thing where they had a singles match on the last night we saw dolce gardenia and okamura have their thing and they uh got into it uh a more you toned had moments down- that
1: you were never gonna see otherwise like right yeah the Ray komeda like tanahashi wow. dressed as Cavernario and the, the <laughs> komeda the komeda four right here yeah uh that was a lot of fun they did they did every effort to make sure that at least one night each one of the uh, contracted talents at CML got some type of shine. So, mm-hmm. like, he was the star of this show. Uh, Dolce Gardena had the singles match on the on the very last night after being a bit of a comedy act through the rest of the show. So, uh, it was a very, very well-thought-out uh, tour in which, you know, I think the goals were the hit that they wanted to hit, but... It was a lot of Lucha Libre, and if you're not in love with it, uh, you could get burnt out after three, four, five nights of it. Perhaps, maybe I'm uh, suggesting that it was a bit too much for me personally. But uh, I made it through, and I, I will look forward to it when we do it next year.
0: And some of the matches that I enjoyed off of this, and I said, there were too many shows, and a lot of this we mentioned isn't particularly canon. So we're not going to just break down the cards. There's too many of them for one. But uh, Takamatsu was the first night, uh, the general gymnasium there, 768 people came out. That seemed to be like the warm-up show there. There wasn't anything wrong with that, but there weren't any matches I thought that really stood out. Uh, mm-hmm. KBS Hall in Kyoto, uh, seven hundred sixty-five showed up to a very cool-looking building there. By the way, that was that's a cool-looking room. Uh, big, uh, what looks like a stained-glass window is a, mm-hmm. one wall. Uh, but that one had Volador and Místico against uh, Templario and Atlantis Jr. And I really enjoyed that match. That seemed to be when everybody kind of shook off their jet lag and really had. Uh, fun in the ring uh, and w- were there any from the first couple nights Scott or anything stand out to you guys before we go to Osaka uh,
2: that one that you just said the tag with uh, that w- that was the match where I was like okay now this tour is getting going that first mm-hmm. night was it was yeah I think jet lag definitely had something to do with it but uh that was, was not
1: the best night of the tour we can no, be to yeah. say uh yeah. there there were there there were some pick-me-ups that were not picking people up
2: <laughs> exactly. I yeah. So I loved that tag match. I loved. Uh, I thought everyone got to shine. It was still the Mystico show in a lot of ways, which, mm-hmm. again, I continue to say, kind of was the whole tournament. Any match he had, like just seeing his connection with the fans is mm-hmm. always exciting to me. And as someone that's got into CMLL this year, he is like the biggest baby face in that. You know, promotion but also it, it's just worldwide right he goes to japan it's the same thing and I, one of my favorite things from the entire tournament was just like he got like dropped on his head one time and like within the next like 10 seconds he was like trying to get the crowd into it like all right cheer me up get me going mm-hmm. and uh it worked and i loved every second of it and i love atlantis jr i thought he had a weaker tour than i hoped for in terms of i wanted him to I wanted him to have the type of tour like Soberano Jr. had in terms of like this, this guy's a standout because I know Atlantis Jr. is that guy. Um, but no complaints really Let's, after
0: that second night. I, I think also Hechicero had a very strong uh, yes. tour. And, and you know, the thing about Volador, I love him. Oh, yeah. is fabulous. so is Templario for that matter. is right? like Volador Jr man I can't help but think as good looking as he is, and he's ridiculously good looking like like painfully good looking and just like you know that, but I almost think he would work better in a mask because one thing about he is so effortless in the ring. Mm that sometimes it looks like he's not trying. And sometimes mm. his facial exp- expressions, even when he's doing things like taheras and uh, Hurricanrana's and all that stuff, sometimes he looks bored. His facial expression <laughs> just doesn't look that, yeah. he, like he's all that into it. And I think it hurts him because if he just had a hood on, you know, and he's doing all this stuff. I think it would be like, holy crap, this guy's a ridiculously good athlete. Now, his mm-hmm. stuff with Rocky Romero recently, he's feuding with Rocky back in Mexico. Yeah. That's been strong. He feels like it feels like he's into that a little bit more here, but that's my only thing. Other than that, the guy's ridiculously talented. So there's yeah. a lot of good stuff there. Uh, I, I don't think it's an accident that a lot of our favorite matches are matches among the luchadores because when they just worked their style, Mm. They seem to really be intent on impressing the Japanese audience. Of course, they have to mix that up a little bit when they're in with some of the New Japan Strong Style guys. And I think it dilutes it a little when a lot of my favorite matches were the ones where it was just the Mexican guys against the Mexican guys.
2: Yeah, I I, I will say, I think one of my favorite, maybe my second favorite match from the tour after, uh, you know, Teton and Silverano was the trios match on, was it day three or four? Um, it was El Desperado, Sobrano Jr. and Mystico versus Templario, Doki, and um,
0: Hedgesero. Yeah. That yeah, was—I was... thought—that was tremendous. That was because... the fourth night. Okay. Yeah, fourth that night. was in uh, Chiba. Chiba. Yeah. Like, I thought.
1: minutes, thirty seconds. Yeah. yeah
2: like it—it it embodied everything that I think this this tour was supposed to of. Yes, you have that great Lucha Libre style, but at the same time, you can put in the New Japan guys, and they're just going to bring it up, and it helps that, of course, these two have the Lucha background, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, that was one of my favorites, because I just think it was everything I was looking for in this tour.
1: I, I don't know if you know this, Scott, but this is a no Doki slander uh, zone. Oh, I love Doki.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm, a, I'm we a total have, We've come worth. a long way
1: on this, on this show, but... There, there, there shall be no slander on Doki here. I
2: love Doki. Who no, knows? We're, we're big fans really of Doki. Doki. No, I
1: just want to make sure that when somebody comes in here, they know that you, <laughs> you, you wipe your feet at the door and mm. you make sure that Doki is respected. <laughs> I, I respect that.
0: Right. <laughs> so we had the uh, Osaka began the tournament there. So that, But here's the thing about the tournament, guys. Okay, so it was supposed to be Revelos and Craigslist. It was Bushi and Teton, who are yep. teammates and both in LIJ. Yeah. Ray Comeda and Dolce Gardenia, both technicos. Then you had Ultimo Guerrero and Atlantis. Aha, yes, okay, we have Arruda. Although Ultimo Guerrero is an elder statesman in that he still is a fantastic worker for his age. Any age, really. He's really wonderful, but he has been around a long time. And uh, he is uh, probably, he's got to be in his 50s or something well, like that. 50, Maybe eh? Exactly. Yeah, he's fantastic and uh so i mean the guy's you know the guy's a little older than i am for the love of god but he's still wonderful but and he's a he's a rudo that people like even in mexico he, he's been around so long that it's a little bit like rick flair would try to turn heel and it would never work like the crowd wouldn't totally get into it and that's kind of what it is with guerrero but he and atlantis are a bit of a nod pair and then volador and magia blanca Both were Technico, so there really weren't – the only odd pairing in the odd pairing tournament was the team that ended up winning it, Ultimo Guerrero and Atlantis. But uh, their match against Volador and Magia Blanca was was really good. Uh, Guerrero has this move. It's called the Guerrero special, and it is a – he gets the guy on the ropes in a belly-to-back suplex position, but turns it into an overhead suplex, so the guy lands flat on his front. And uh, there you go. Flaming Sharks. See, we're all Doki fans out here. Uh, and he beat uh, Magia Blanca with it there. Uh, in the other one, it was Bushi and Teton, which really no surprise there with Cometa and, and Gardenia were a little bit lower on the card than some of the others. And, of course, they're trying to get over the LIJ guys. So, But Osaka was a strong show. I do think that the one in Chiba... Had that uh, trios match we mentioned and uh, some other stuff on there that was really good. The third place match, uh, Gardenia and Kameda against Volador and Magia Blanca was real strong too. So uh, good stuff. But uh, Guerrero and Atlantis ended up beating Titan and Bushi to win the tournament. I guess that was just uh, being kind to the guests. I I personally thought that they were going to really uh, push Titan since that's the guy from CMLL that's in New Japan most of the time. Uh, Jeremy, what would you think?
1: Uh, that was the one with the chops. Well, that, that that match had the insane chops between Guerrero and I think who's your
0: Teton. There was a singles match too where Soberano's chops are thunderous, and uh, yeah. you, you think about it, it's a guy that works in a building that seats twenty thousand every week, so he has learned to make those chops resonate. And in Cork and Hall, and in Chiba, it sounded like it was peeling the paint off
1: the wall. Yeah, there. I thought I thought Ger- Ultimo Guerrero had a tag match. And it was against Boucher or Titan that he did it. And they they started chopping the shit out of each other, just in the middle of the ring. And they went harder and harder to the point that even, like, some of the people on the Discord were specifically, like, walking in on that as just, like, one of the entire spots of the entire the weekend. And it was pretty spectacular. And even now, when I'm going back to it, it was like, I was, those are some pretty special chops between the two. But... <laughs> Uh, just as a whole, I really I really enjoyed the incorporation of each fan talent. I thought LIJ being all over this tournament was probably one of the best choices that they could do. And sure. uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, it, it felt like it was a bad knee week for him. Uh, he was mm-hmm. doing a lot more of the performing. But, man, when he came out there and he was just all committed to all the gimmicks, the Cavernario gimmick and uh, <laughs> the Kameda gimmick, like, I don't know if other people rolled their eyes, but I was all in on that kind of stuff because it was just, it, it, it was a tacit approval by the top New Japan workers that like, yeah, it's okay to like this stuff. Like, it was just, buy in on it because this stuff is fantastic. This is what we're trying to tell you. And so it was, even if it was a lot for me in one like, concentrated blast, I can't deny that this was a lot of fun.
0: Scott, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think he, I think
2: he did a really good job at summing it up. Truthfully, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the final two nights. Truthfully, yeah, because those, those I thought were really the highlights of the whole tour, as they were supposed to be.
0: I thought the Monday show of Corokin was the best show of the tour, but they, I think they finished first and second. So, uh, well, let's get into that because uh, first of all, they drew well, one thousand three hundred eighty-four. Uh, you could tell that the the New Japan fans were kind of into this idea here and seeing something different. Uh, the first night there at Corican Hall, they had uh, well, first of all, Captain Suicida and Ultimo Guerrero. Suicida is relatively new, he's only been in the top tier shows. Uh, there's an A, B, A circuit, and a B circuit with CMLL, and he's only been in the A circuit for a, a, a few years now and uh, sort of getting his, getting his feet wet here. And uh, he was really good against Ultimo Guerrero right there, who can carry anyone. But uh, sorry, he's got what. Go that that match stunned me because yeah. like I'll, I'll I'll be I'll admit this I
2: don't watch every match on every show I can't do that I watch too much to watch every <laughs> match so this was one I skipped and then someone said did you watch this and I said no I, I don't know I cap uh suicided doesn't jump out to me enough to make me and they're oh, like true. no you got to go back and watch it so I went back and watched it and I was like. Oh my god! I'm really happy someone told me to do that because I thought it was it was like the ma- the surprise of the tour for me. That was what well. They that buried
1: in the middle of the card. They didn't even put it at yeah. the top of the card. So right. you you had it, and then you kind of had another mixed tag, and then then you had the intermission. And the, the way that they're building these cards, they're, right. you're almost designed to think like, okay, this match isn't supposed to be that big. exactly
2: that's that's the new japan card placement that i'm used to so it's like i don't need to watch that it's not gonna be anything uh but i'm happy i went back because i thought that was a real standout
0: it surprised me also one of the things about this uh, whole tour was the first couple of matches on every show were sometimes five minutes sometimes only six or seven and it really was just uh, whatever younger Guy from CMLL Mm. would hit a couple of dives and then it was a finish. It was it would be very very quick. Not a whole lot too of these matches. Kind of thought that's what we were going to get. So all right, Suicida is going to get the suicide dives and thing. By the way, there was a a spot in that match. He dives over the damn top. Jeremy knows exactly where I'm going. You guys both do. Dives over the damn top. Ultimo Guerrero just catches, just (laughs) catches around the waist. He's upside down. Then he scoops the guy up and power bombs him on the floor. Anyone mm-hmm. wants to doubt that Ultimo Guerrero can squat? And actually, like
1: it's nothing. Just nothing. what he did was not spectacular whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a,
0: a quick aside here about Ultimo Guerrero. Again, I've been singing his praises. This guy. I've been watching this guy for, I don't even know how long, 20-some years. Uh, one of the great mask versus mask matches in, in Mexican history is Atlantis against Ultimo Guerrero. Uh, and also uh, Atlantis against... Uh, Viano Tercera, which are the fathers of Atlantis Jr. and Iho de Viano Tercera that we saw. Uh, go back and find those. Those can be found on YouTube if you do your search right. And uh, if you want to see heavy emotion and Lucha Libre at its most intense, uh, go to those two matches. Those Mass versus Mass matches are very, very special. And you really get the best of those guys from that. Uh, in, in this one, we also had a very fun match, uh, a trios match. This was LIJ, which was Naito, Hiromu, and Bushi. Facing Barbaro Carbonario, who I always get a kick out of, uh, very athletic dude, uh, really. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, uh, who I tolerate, and El Desperado, <laughs> of whom I'm a big fan. And uh, so this one was a lot of fun. Uh, they, you could tell that they were there was some goofing off in this one, but I thought it was done in a fun way. So. Lij just kept missing elbows, or they didn't miss elbows, they kept hitting each other with the elbows. Poor Nido uh, was getting elbowed by his own teammates. Then they're all laying there perfectly in line, you know, which it, it only happens in wrestling, but hey, it's wrestling. We love it. And then the Cabernario, Taguchi, and Desperado just kept jumping on top of them and getting two counts until they figure, well, this isn't working. We'll throw the referee on him, too. So Desperado grabbed Marty Asami and tossed him on. And then they piled on, got the three count, which Marty immediately waved off, and uh, and uh, LIJ kind of made a comeback there. But uh, I don't know if I'm doing that particular justice. I enjoyed this match. I thought it was fun. And then after they did a little bit of the frivolity, uh, it turned into a real nice lucha match among uh, six guys who know how to work it.
1: I, I, I am amused by the frenemy of relationship between Hiromu and Taguchi. Whenever they're like in the ring together, they have a certain relationship with each other that Haroma doesn't take him totally seriously. And Taguchi doesn't take himself totally seriously. So there's the comedy aspect. But for whatever reason, it doesn't work with anybody else. It just works with those two because there's like a roadrunner wily coyote aspect. But I don't know which one is the Road Runner Roadrunner. And I don't know which one is Wiley Coyote. Uh, but I'm with you on the Taguchi, like the limited the limited patience with it, because there were a lot of matches where he was more of a distraction during this tour than he was, like, adding to it. And he was just trying to find his role because he's changed the pace, and not every gimmick joke is going to hit. But uh, at least in this match and on this night, the, uh, the shenanigans hit for me.
0: Fair enough. Uh, another one I enjoyed: Hechicero, Atlantis Jr. and Okamura facing Mistico, Dolce Gardenia, and Magia Blanca on this show. That was a fun lucha match. Like this one, really hit for me. I enjoyed the heck out of it, and uh, there was a there was some really good stuff in that. We got a toned down version of Gardenia, who does an Exotico gimmick, and that gimmick is tricky, and it it is the the Exotico thing. It's a it's a trope in mexican wrestling it is a flamboyant type of character and uh yeah i mean it's it's a flamboyant gay character and that's the whole idea about this and the last tour uh gardenia was much more a little flamboyant and the whole tour centered around him trying to kiss shingo takagi and finally and cork, cork and holly finally did uh which uh, you know has all kinds of interesting subtext to it but it, the whole thing with that and then this time he was still did some of it like the little little screeches when he would take a bump instead of a normal like "Oh uh, damn yeah, and a little bit like he would do the arm twist, and when the guy would you know sell the arm twist, he would start dancing like they're, they're doing the samba together or something like that, but there was less of that, but it showed one other thing is that this guy's a really talented athlete, I mean some of his dives were terrific, he had some beautiful moon salts, he had all kinds of ways to climb the ropes, do all these twists, and get the guy into an arm drag and things. Uh, So uh, it was kind of nice to see him work instead of just do shtick.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's the the comedic wrestler effect. Sometimes I think you'll forget the wrestler behind it. Like, I I don't mean to use AEW as a reference, but Orange Cassidy, for example, like that's Mm. his whole thing, right? People forget that he's actually a good wrestler because he got over... Not being a good wrestler, he got over doing the shtick. And you know, when he broke out against Will osprey at Forbidden Door last year, people were like, Oh man, who who the hell's Orange Cassidy? It's like, Yeah, see, this is what they do. It's just like, if a gimmick gets over for you, guess what? You're gonna do that because that's gonna make you money, not the Oh, I can be pretty good in ring. And then when you pull out that in ring, it's like, Ah, damn, there's a second side to you that I don't know about. So I think that's kind of the same type of situation here.
0: I think I get frustrated with Taguchi because in years past, it might be, (laughs) well, it might be an age thing. It might be an age thing now with Taguchi because there used to be two Taguchis. He always did a little bit of comedy. But then Mm -hmm. there were those matches with Taguchi where he would just sort of kick it in and you could see that, okay, this is going to be a serious Taguchi match now. That would happen. And the crowd would go with it you would see the new Japan crowd, you know, start to think, Oh, this is going to be frivolous. And then he would start doing a couple of moves and it would get, pick up the pace and then pick up intensity. And the crowd would just say, Oh, okay. We're just doing a really good match instead of sure. comedy here. And now we don't get that anymore. I don't know if it's because he can't do it or he just chooses not to, but uh, I I, role now. yeah, I guess so. And I guess it's like with Yano Cause I, I, I remember him from right. being one of the MVPs, the most violent players and things. So when I see him, only doing the goofy stuff i get frustrated i guess i can't watch yano anymore i'm so done (laughs) with
2: it i'm done with the comedic gimmick i'm done with it all
0: yeah i i miss i miss the violent yano and i don't want him doing the unprotected chair shots to the head on people like he used to i'm not asking for that but i wouldn't mind it if he got a little wrestled yeah uh because he can that's the thing yeah Uh, Okay, now uh, let's get into this next one because CMLL World Welterweight title match. It was Teton uh, defending against Soberano Jr. That was uh, the the last match of the night. I really thought this one was uh, terrific. Uh, Teton tried to move, bless his heart, uh, tried the double stomp from the top rope to the floor, which is a long way down on a good day, and he missed it and uh, sold the knee, and uh, Soberano went to work on it. Uh, Titan's comeback later began with a satellite DDT. He sold the knee very well, even when doing uh, moves with like the double stomp off the ropes. He sold the knee. Pay attention, everybody. Uh, folks, and, folks. And, no, no, no. You. I'm talking about. I'm talking to the workers in the United States. There's, there's, there's a very an excellent worker named Seth Rollins who always forgets that he's selling late in the goddamn match. Uh, <laughs> Seth Rollins will sell a knee for 15 minutes and then hit six match six big moves that involve the knee in a row and never sell it. Right. And then uh, two minutes later, we'll like grab it half-assed and oh yeah, wait, I'm supposed to be. <sighs> This is how you actually do that. Sell the thing after each move. So uh, just pay attention everybody. Just notice that there is a way to actually work on a, uh, work on a move and sell it. Uh, he ended up getting a submission for the title retention. But a fun match there and of course Teton, a New Japan guy that's also in CMLL gets a big win in front of the Cork and Hall crowd. So this accomplished a lot, I thought.
1: I definitely thought this was the best singles match, maybe the best all-round match on the entire card. That's, that's- how I came out, and I don't think there was anything on the last night. I felt like they were all just kind of wrapping things up on the last night and didn't quite hit the the peaks on this one, but man, they they came to they came they came to show off on that match it, it felt like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think Soberano Jr. had the two best uh singles matches of the tournament, with this this one being my favorite of the entire tournament. Singles tag doesn't matter. Um you know, you you bring up that that double foot stomp and how he worked that into the match i think i think it made the match that much better in a lot of ways and it, i was almost really upset to see Teton win win because i was like sobron jr has won me over this entire tournament i want to <laughs> see this guy win now uh, but yeah these two had a excellent match and i just want to say like you know Not everyone can jump off of things and not hurt their leg. I I watched someone jump off a cage last year with a double foot stop, and they were fine. So I just want to say that. Uh, But,
0: but, uh, yeah, great, great, great match here. So uh, the next night, the final night of the tour, that was uh, actually this morning, uh, very early, uh, Tiger Mask, and finally got his uh, one-on-one match with Hijo uh, Del Viano Tercera and uh, beat him, uh, saved his mask. Uh, nobody's mask got ripped off. And in fact, they made up afterwards. It was it was a night of making up with everybody. It was uh, uh, Ray Kometa teamed up with Tanahashi, Oiwa, and Kojima. That was where we had the everybody's faces painted like Ray Kometa that looked really good. Um uh, we had the singles match between Dolce Gardenia and Okamura. This is where Mima Shimoda got to do her bumping. Uh, she got a few bumps in uh, every tour. She takes a few there and it was with Dolce. So they had had a thing where they kept kind of clashing after matches. So they had a singles match. So there were all these little mini subplots going on throughout the tour. And then uh, I thought the best match of the night guys was uh, master Watto, uh, Barbara Cavanario and Ultimo Guerrero against Volador, Desperado and Templario. Uh I thought the Wado was the well, well, no, pardon me. I, I, the next match was was better than this one. I thought this was really good. Pardon me. I, I'm looking at my notes. And I had it in there wrong. Uh, I thought Wado was really good in this match. Like you could tell he was really having fun doing some of this Lucha Libre stuff again. And Volador had about as nice looking a destroyer as you're ever going to see on Carbonario for the finish.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I agree yeah. with all of that. Yeah.
2: I think. When it comes to Wato, and I, I like I like to have this conversation anytime I get to talk about New Japan, is that I think he's actually very solid now, and mm-hmm. I think I think he's gonna show and shut up a lot of people tomorrow at the Junior Festival when he fights Atsuki Aoyagi, um, who's by the way a fantastic junior wrestler. If you've never seen him, yes, he uh, is, and yeah, I think I I'm still upset Wato didn't win at Wrestle Kingdom. Like I'm still really upset.
1: I I get it, but we were talking about the show. He lucked into that spot when Kashian. Oh, he sure did, and he he made made the best out of that situation. He He had his opportunity, and he he delivered at every every point in that feud, even in like the their mixed tag match. Remember when they had the four way the the tag team where they had the they had the straight bedfellow match, like. Everything he came to play, and it was just one of those. There's so much in his future that wasn't there before. Before that Mm -hmm. feud, like that, that feud kind of made him for the foreseeable future. So I'm not worried that he didn't win that at Wrestle Kingdom because I think that he is on the blueprint master plan now for the next year and a
2: half. Admittedly, I also am happy he didn't win because I got Hiromu (laughs) versus Yo, which is one of my favorites of the year so far because. I'm. Bi- I always thought Yo had it in him, and then he finally <laughs> showed it, and I was like, "Yes, he has it."
1: It's part my long-term plan that Leo Rush is going to join United.
0: <laughs> well, we. We talked, uh, we talked about Watto and saying that this is the biggest match of his career and he wins by just hanging with those three guys who are all made Absolutely. men, you know, and so, uh, and he did that. And then we were talking about how Yo was under a lot of pressure facing Hiromu, because if Yo doesn't have a good match with Hiromu, who doesn't have a good match with Hiromu, but you know what I mean, if he's a disappointment in that match, Wado just takes his damn spot. It's gone, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, so he had to show up just to remind ghetto It's just like, I'm here too, you know, on the Han yeah. chaos side, don't forget about me. Uh, so, uh, everyone's, uh, turning up on that one, thankfully, but it, it's, it means we're going to have a lot more interesting combinations and, and, matches between uh, talented junior heavies. And right now there's that's a talent rich division in New Japan. Um the entirety
1: of New Japan right now is talent rich. Like you can yeah. look at that New Japan yeah, Cup so like cool. brackets and you know that there seems to be a couple of places where it's like, yeah, I don't know, it seems like it pretty much you know who's gonna win. But man, coming upwards, it has been better than ever with the amount of talent. Even though like top talent's leaving, they have plans for younger talent to fill those.
0: And we're going to get to that with the cup just around the corner of the last match though. Uh, I want to recommend anyone that ha- if they are watching fantastic Mania and picking and choosing, and I understand again, uh, time being of the essence, uh, Mystico versus Atlantis jr. On the last night of the card, the last match of the thing, classic babyface match, uh, between two excellent workers. Uh, Atlantis is the NWA historic light heavyweight champion. And Mystico is the NWA historic middleweight champion. Um, uh, I think Mystico's heavier than Atlanta. anyway. Point being, I, I don't know if they're really <laughs> weighing these guys in, but never mind all that. Neither title was on the line, but it was a really terrific lucha match between two excellent uh, workers. The funny thing about uh, Místico, it always cracks me up, is that somehow he managed to not get over in WWE. It's incredible. I mean, the, the, when he was uh, the the original Sin Cara, and we went through that whole thing about all the the various Sin Caras and Mysticos that have floated around over the years, yeah. but. uh, You know, It's remarkable. It's about the only time he wasn't the biggest star wherever he was. And, uh, you know, so seeing him in Japan. You mentioned this earlier, Scott, the way he interacted with the fans, and you can see that Soberano and Atlantis are learning from him some of the things like taking your belt and putting it over the little kids shoulders and taking pictures that's Tanahashi level stuff. That's John Cena level stuff. And you get into very rarefied air when you get that good at it, when little kids are happily running up to you because they just can't wait to be close to you. And, you know, and to be smart enough to like put the belt over the kid's shoulder and, you know, have him make a muscle. And you know I, when you're at that level, it's, it's, it's special to watch. And I, and that's, normally I will do the little 10 second skip, between matches sometimes just i'm trying to get things washed i watched mystico leave the ringside area because i was just enjoying it so much there's,
2: there's a reason he's an observer hall of famer no. already so like i know some not everyone takes that into consideration but you said he's like john cena he's like those guys he he's like tanahashi mm-hmm. yes he is and he has the accolades to prove that i mean he yeah. I, I always think back to that time he was in wwe one didn't help that they gave him colored lights for his matches uh (laughs) but he i loved him when i was younger like because Mm. he was just like i don't know i played with him in the video game and he was great (laughs) and he did cool stuff so it's like it was that simple for me so getting to see him now be great all over again it's like all right see this is this is what he should have been and i know i know he almost went back actually at one point which i'm grateful (laughs) that he didn't because he's killing it here for cmll and i would i don't i don't think it's going to happen because he's too big of a star to take away from cmll for a long period of time but i would love if he entered the best of the super juniors i
0: am definitely be in for that i'd be in for there's several of these guys to come yeah. back for that thing yeah that would be fabulous so all right moving away from Fantastica mania now everyone's taking their pictures in the ring we saw that and everybody was waving goodbye to everybody there but uh some of those guys are staying for a couple days we're going to get into that they're going to be part of Romu show uh, but, uh, Jeremy, I know you wanted to bring up a little bit of uh, Ring of Honor discussion because, yes. as it turns out, uh, we're going to be seeing some new Japan names on Ring of Honor television as they go into their new TV deal and new TV process. So talk to us a little bit about that, please.
1: Okay, so Ring of Honor taped this past weekend, uh, two days worth of taping. I don't know if it's spread out over four tapings But there was a number of New Japan talent that showed up for uh, this show. We had Mm – spoiler alert, everybody. Give yourselves, like, five seconds. I'll wait. You can pause. Okay. So we had uh, (laughs) That Saber Jr. show up on the show. We had Clark Connors. We had Aussie Open. Did I miss anybody else? Is there anybody else that was on the show besides – Well,
2: he didn't show up.
1: Okay, go ahead. There was a challenge. There was a challenge. challenge. Yeah.
2: Uh, for do you want me to say it? Yes, say go for it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, after Willie Yuta's title match, I I think it was against Clark Connors, yes. So that goes hand in hand with Strong. He uh challenged Katsuyori Shibata. Yes. So there that's go. uh that's a pretty big one. I'd say. That, that's be...
1: the <laughs> one that I knew I was forgetting, and I was like, damn it, I should have written this all down.
2: Well, he didn't show up. To be fair, so
1: right, right. Powerful. So, but these are all New Japan talents that are clearly someone involved going into supercard of honor mm. uh that are new japan more than they are ring of honor or even AEW. Mm-hmm. And so what I wanted to get a vibe was how do how does it feel to you guys? Is it do you feel like this talent is, this is going to benefit new japan by having it on ring of honor? Would you prefer that this would be more of an AEW relationship right now? Do you think that the interest of new japan will be superseded over Ring of Honor or is this going to be we just have a couple other guys from this promotion and we're just thickening out this show?
0: From my end of it, I am okay with it in this form. Ring of Honor is a good way for guys to go on excursion. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a good place for Mid card guys to get some work overseas and get that experience. So seeing guys like Clark Connors, I like that. Uh Zach is a little high up on the card for me for that, but he's TV, he's a TV champion. I'm okay. I mean, it's okay for to send a big star over there every once in a while. I'm not saying that no big star shall ever go. If you're talking top tier guys, if I'm New Japan, and we're talking the very top tier, and and Zach's top tier, but again, once in a, Shibata a while,
1: Shibata too in a lot of ways, like there is a name value to Shibata showing. Up.
0: I would prefer the top guys be on AEW and not in what is going to be, whether they won, whatever they're saying, whatever Tony Khan's big announcement this week is, and he does one every week, uh, is uh, the Ring of Honor is their minor league. It's gonna be. That's how it's going to be. That's how it turns out. And I would rather see guys, the very top guys, the Naitos, the Okadas, the Will Ospreys, be on AEW and not Ring of Honor. Now, some of these other guys that, are, that need the experience and the really good matches and working with different styles... Ring of Honor is an excellent place for them. But the guys that don't need that, the guys that are always top tier, don't really want to see those guys on Ring of Honor because I think that makes New Japan look a little bit lesser in the hierarchy. That's just my initial thought on it.
1: Scott, what do you think?
2: One, I don't think you should have Will Ospreay on a tape show start start by saying that i <laughs> yeah. don't think he should be uh doing these taped ring of honors ever and i don't think he will truthfully no. but the way i look at it also is well if if you have the likes of kushida and kenta doing impact then ring of honor which is about to be i think i think it's going to be red hot right out the gates because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people are excited for it i think the tapings got a lot of people excited for it i think that the card itself Ah, uh, for Super Card of Honor or the projected card is going to have a lot of people excited for it. So I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, f- at least for now, Ring of Honor has a lot more buzz than Impact Wrestling does. And Will Ospreay is wrestling and Impact Wrestling, uh, yeah. you no, know, for WrestleMania week and or WrestleMania week, whatever you want to call it. So, like to me, that's kind of how I look at it. Like I, I think Impact's a good place for those mid-card talents as well. Like I think Kevin Knight has a singles match there. This week or something which yeah. is great i love kevin knight yeah So like for that i think it's great and i want those ring of honor moments to happen for those guys too like clark connor's as we're talking about um but i don't think ring of honor is that bad of a place to be because they still do have some aw top talent sure. on those shows um i just again don't need the top main event stars of ring of honor being on tape shows they can be on Supercard of honor or their pay-per-views mm-hmm. like a shibata who didn't appear uh, from my knowledge in any way shape or form at these tv tapings so that's okay because people are going to buy the pay-per-views more often i think than they're gonna subscribe to honor club for example and and new japan and ring of honor have had that relationship for a very long time too i know it's different now because just tony khan running it but i keep that mm-hmm. in my head too like some of the most fun shows i've ever been to a world uh, the war of the world shows mm-hmm. that they were doing back mm-hmm. then so like right. i kind of like that part of it staying true even if it's still just tony khan running both of them
1: yeah so there's a couple of things that make me optimistic about this and if they are using this as the slow build towards forbidden door in three or Mm. four months and this is where like everything starts to happen rather than like it dropped like a bag of shit on your front door a day the day after oh uh, yeah. double or nothing last week and then it's like, all right, here we go. everything you yeah. want to know is happening right now. I, I would prefer that mm-hmm. uh, the arrangement works out so that organic builds happen a little bit more. I'm 100% agreement with the top stars. Uh, although that impact show, the more that I'm thinking about it, it really does seem like a vehicle that Kenny Omega could show up at the end of that to reignite the Jeff Cobb feud. Uh, that they have going yeah. on potentially for like Secure Genesis or uh, a show, Capital Collision, after that. So yeah. that's, that's the thing that I'm kind of thinking of. It's like, even though we are not conditioned to having these big stars show up on these shows, maybe yeah. that's something that we need to recondition ourselves to as well.
2: That's a good say. point.
1: That's 2023, uh, the arrangements among the lower, the not yeah. WWE promotions, uh, can only get stronger if they choose to let that happen.
2: Yeah, I I guess I should also recognize Will Osprey still doing like RevPro and stuff, so I guess he doesn't really count here. He's just doing whatever yeah. he wants. <laughs> but yeah, th-
1: he's like I, John Mulaney. He he yeah. just he can go and do and be Will Osprey. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just don't put Okada or Tanahashi on Ring of Honor. All right, right. That's, that's, yeah. I think that's the limit, right? Yeah, no that's I mean. there, and oh, I don't yeah. think they would. If if Tony Khan gets a date for Okada, he ain't putting him yeah. on. Ring of Honor.
1: <laughs> so this is no, no, that's it. This, this, is, this is the immediacy that we saw now. Does that? So Zach Saber Jr. is back right away oh. doing a match. A I do expect match. this to be free to watch on New Japan World because all of his title defenses. All the defenses of the World TV title are available for free on New Japan World, regardless if you have a subscription. So if you want to watch this match, you do not need Honor Club to watch it, as far as I know, based off of the way that the TV championship has been made available to watch previously.
0: Blake Christian. Right. Weird Hmm. choice.
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) He, he, He has been on strong consistently. And so he's along the same lines as kevin knight clark connor blake christian they all have that same generational aptitude that seems mm. that they are they're creating a challenger
2: i think he's player. signed for to ring of honor specifically mm. i think Blake really christian's actually a ring of honor talent and has been for like months if i remember correctly i think his dad tweeted out or something mm. that like he was signed to an AEW ring of honor contract but He's an odd one. I guess I, I keep thinking this title is uh, a pure title for some reason. So I'm like, Blake mm. Christian. Because, you know, you look at Zach and you know what Zach is. Um, right. But it's not that. So I guess Blake Christian. It's a time limit title. Yeah. yeah. It's which I love. Title. I, and I love the title.
1: because Stephen Conway was drinking right now, I was not going to mention that I thought it was based off of the coin toss if it hit click. I learned after last week.
0: Bless America with this coin toss. We we're going to have to. I, don't know. I wish I could find that part of your brain. Uh, just flick it, it out. but
1: But this, that Super Junior, for all intents and purposes, this is his new Rev Pro title. He's just walking around everywhere with it, like blatantly defending it, and no one's going to be able to take it off of him until there's a big New Japan match that mm. he loses it to, and it's going to build a guy. So. I wow. like that
0: phrase. He's just blatantly defending it. Just blatantly oh, all over the place. Just defend, no, right he up in your is. face. He's on
1: Ring of Honor. Like, he him out of Ring of
0: Honor. Just, just waving it in your face. Just blatantly he, defending it. He was in Battle title.
1: in the Valley. He's like, yeah, I'm waving. I got this title right here. Come and get it.
0: I like seeing him subtly defend it sometimes. Just.
1: You know. exactly. He doesn't <laughs> do anything. <subtly. laughs>
0: he defended his title. I didn't even notice.
1: So subtly <laughs> defending that title. But yeah, I just I wanted to get a vibe. I wanted to get uh, just a general feeling of what. Read the room, if it will, about the Ring of Honor arrangement and whether there's more benefit for Ring of Honor or more benefit for New Japan. And I think I think both companies can get something
0: out of this. Oh yeah, I, I think so. And again, just for middle of the card guys to get experience and younger guys to get that kind of international thing and excursions. There's all kinds of ways this can work. It's it's you know just as long as nobody has to look minor league to anybody else, and that's that's hmm. that's the challenge. Whenever any promotion works with any other promotion, is like who. Make sure. Look what happened with that uh, uh, Tokyo Dome show with Noah, where they had the Noah lost all the big matches. And like I said, I know those matches were great, and that show was fun to watch. But you can't help but think that fans that came to see the New Japan guys left just saying, "Well, yeah, I'm I'm watching the right company. (laughs) I'm watching the right." So I got to tell you,
1: I never considered Desperado or Leo Rush as the guys to take that TV title off of them. But I got no issue with either one of them being.
0: I like it. Desperate to do anything. Desperate. Time to talk the cup. It is time for bracketology. It's that time of year in a lot of way. We got March Madness coming. We got New Japan Cup coming. Let's get some brackets.
1: Okay. So here's the contest that we're gonna do this viewership. We are going to go down the line in all the rounds and the consensus between the three of us, whether we agree three to nothing or two to one, whatever the consensus is. Will be the official choice going forward for the 2023, speaking of strong style, New Japan Cup bracketology. I've so we have, power
2: all of a sudden, we have, <laughs> we
1: have three, two wise men and one half wise man here and me, and we're going to figure this out. Okay. And we are going to come up with a winner, and our winner is going to be the right winner. And we're going to come back and brag after the cup about how smart we are. And if we're wrong, we're never going to bring it up again.
0: <laughs> it will not be mentioned. <laughs> we'll just be on anything. Happened this week? Nope. Nope. No. Nothing. All right. So we so have a
1: live bracket that we will fill out as we go. All what right. Where that? are we
0: starting, Jeremy? Where we got?
1: Let's um. Let's start at the top right with Yoshihashi and Kyle Fletcher because I feel like there's a lot. It can get down to the wire on the right hand on the left hand side. All so right. we got no. Yoshihashi and Kyle Fletcher.
0: My first thought on this is that Fletcher is going to beat one half of the tag team champions to set up Aussie Open against Bishamon at some point.
1: I'm with you on that.
0: My
2: my thought is that Bishamon won't be tag team champions when Yoshihashi's wrestling this match. So, oh, you think Okada uh, and Tanahashi are winning that? I absolutely do. I think they because they set up uh, Shoda and Ren Narita for later down the line. So, I think uh, you kind of want that generational tag but Maybe that's a little too spicy. Uh, also, Hiroki Goto doesn't beat Okada Tanahashi. Come on, uh, that's, I, think that's he Tanah- I think he beats Tanahashi, absolutely. I
1: think
0: that's I, I thought Tanahashi is the guy who takes the pin if they wanted, if they wanted
1: yeah, to. Yeah, I think he's
0: pin. I think he's taking the GTR. That was always my, th- my thought on I, that. But, I should reference
2: well, legacy wise, Hiroki Goto rarely gets to beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, so uh. I don't know. I I I, I think uh, I think we'll have the dream team tag champs for uh, a little fun run there. Uh, but I think Kyle Fletcher because I don't see them doing uh, Goto and Yoshihashi more
0: than anything okay. else.
1: All right. Okay. So we got Haruki uh, Goto, So we got Shingo Takagi and Aaron Hinare.
0: Mm, let me think. <laughs> 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 I I think Shingo Takagi is winning this match. Yeah. I I I don't see. Hanare getting the victory here at all. It better be Shingo Takagi. That, yeah. is, that, is that better? <laughs> I just don't understand. I yeah, don't understand I any other know. finish
1: there. Yeah. I am with you on that one. And Tamatonga has a bye. So we're gonna move on to the next one, which is David Finley and Tomohiro Ishii. This one. This one could be interesting. I'm gonna let you guys go first. Excuse-
0: well, my thought is Finlay, just because he's going to need the heel push after turning uh, heel on Jay White at the Battle in the Valley, and I don't think it would make a whole lot of sense to beat him in the first match in Japan as a uh, raging asshole. <laughs> yeah, his I character, th- his character. Finlay's terrific, I, but I mean, his character is now is that he is a raging asshole. Yeah. So the, he's got to get this first big win, right?
2: Yeah, I think David Finlay's going to have a nice run here. They're they're mm-hmm. trying to build up that international side of things. Uh, you know, with Jay White gone, you kind of have no choice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's two big names, I think, in this tournament to do that with, and Finley is one of the two. So definitely a win over Ishii makes sense.
0: Flaming Shark yeah.
2: has his thoughts on that
0: one too. That's where you go. You guys got to handle
1: that. I'm working on this bracketology over nah, that's here. That's fine. All right, yeah, we I mean... got Shota Umino and Yujiro Takahashi.
0: Again, uh, G, let me think. Now, I, I'm on the record as saying I think Shota's going a long way in this tournament because I think they want to begin establishing him as a high-level, maybe not world title-level babyface, but a high-level babyface with that to come later. I think Shota Amino is definitely in their plans as a major, major star. And I think after uh, losing almost all of his big matches, I think he's going to have a good run in this tournament. And I certainly don't see Yudro Takahashi beating
2: I am crazy, and I think Shota Umino might be winning this cup.
1: Wow, that's a good one. I'm, I'm, so, a good one. I'm going that's with a him. Spicy hot take. It, it is um, spicy.
2: Look, I mean, look,
1: he's on the New Japan World slate already. When you open up New Japan World, he had replaced Jay White. Shota Umino is on the screen. They they awesome. believe in this <laughs> dude
0: i think yeah. he's going to the finals i mean i, I we're gonna see we'll, we'll talk about all this but I well, think we're,
1: we're all this. deciding and i am already outvoted whether i agree or not <laughs> <laughs> do you i do agree on this
2: one okay okay i mean you can pick big huge if you want
1: <laughs> uh, if i'm having spicy hot takes that's not the one on the spicy hot <laughs> all right so we got that side now we're gonna move over to the other side we got uh sonata and taichi
0: this one's in this one's fascinating to me because both guys are kind of on a cold streak as part of the story. Uh, just mm-hmm. four guys isn't winning their matches and that's been part of the story that that this new faction isn't quite doing as well as it had hoped. Sonata has been flat out despondent after losing a lot of his matches. so it, there's I'm of two minds here either Sonata is getting a strong run to start to you know because you, you get Olex tear people down then build them back up. So if Sonata loses, loses loses maybe the cup, which does kind of lend itself to his style of wrestling uh, could be his push, or this could be rock bottom for him where he, wa- he loses in the first round, walks out of this thing, just going, I don't know what, you know, do I even belong in the G one? He seems to be having a bit of a in-character existential crisis in some of mm-hmm. these uh, backstage interviews. So I'm really torn on this one, uh, guys. I-, I think it whoever loses is more the story than the winner. Mm interesting
1: do you want to be the last guy to
0: pick on this one yes please I'll pass okay. <laughs> um if I got what
2: I wanted Tai Chi would win the cup uh yes, because I because I, lo- I love Tai Chi and uh, I love seeing Miho Abe happy exactly but I I think you know I talked about this a little bit with Jeremy before you got it into the mm-hmm. on here and I, I said sonata kind of feels like he's either you know out round one or he's winning the whole damn thing that's kind of the feeling i have with him. i agree and,
1: with flaming shark here too yeah like me too. there there are some pathways here that really just seems yeah. like a narrative victory of sonata outgrowing and moving past some ghost slash things that potentially might be holding him back right now mm-hmm. and i I think that there is something to Sonata joining just four guys because he's fashionable, and there's a fashion bet to that one, his relationship with Taichi. There's a. There's not a lot of room at the top of LIJ right now, especially with Shingo, and they just added uh, Teton. There's a, there's a lot of people in that stable. So does that happen with Sonata winning or losing? I'm going to go with Sonata winning.
2: Yeah, I will
1: too. Okay, uh,
0: you know it's uh, yeah. All right, I, I think I think that's probably it. I'll go ahead and make it three zero on that one, okay. even though I didn't, even though you guys uh, decided it before I did, which is fine. I I really am flip a coin on this one. It's yeah. it's I, interesting. It's one in hundred percent a chalk pick. Yeah.
1: pick. Yeah, it's whatever they have planned for all the guys involved. Other mm-hmm. than that, it's just yeah. yeah. This one, Texia Naito versus El Fantasma.
2: I'll go first here. Please, I think this is the toughest first round match to pick because Tetsuya Naito has about seven stories within this bracket that you could tell. You have the one with, well, Phantasma of the match itself is important because of where Bullet Club is right now. Yeah, uh, but you have, of course, the potential of him facing Sonata, which you know, with the Sonata story, it's like, oh, does. You know, Sonata, it's Sonata like maybe cheat to beat Naito, and you know, that's how we thought we follow his story. Are uh, and then there's the idea of, well, what if Naito gets to the finals against a Shota Umino and Shota Umino gets that win back because that is a classic as well. With I feel like Naito in the new Japan Cup, let alone uh, anything like right because Naito, you know, of course, beats Shota. The show to get that big win in the finals, but Jeremy did convince me before this show that El Fantasma having a run makes even more sense because of where Bullet Club is right now. Because this is this is a guy that they need right to kind of establish himself, and maybe getting to the semis out of nowhere is a possibility. Um, uh. Why did I go first? I should I have should, I picked last. You can defer. I should, you can. Yeah, I'll defer. Now. I'm going to defer. I wanted to give my thoughts out there that I'll, I'll, I'll pick last. I'll pick last.
0: I actually believe Naito is going quite a ways in this thing. So I'm picking Naito. And I, I understand the ELP thing, absolutely. But I also think that him losing here could be part of the story that uh, Bullet Club is just in. Yeah, pardon the pun, in chaos, you know, there's just, and, and, and they're a little bit rudderless. They don't have a leader. No one's really stepped forward to be the leader. And uh, I think this could be a thing where they're in a bit of a, their own crisis right here. It's interesting, isn't it? Because Sonata, just four guys, Bullet Club, they're all messes right now and and storyline messes. They're just, they're like, people are just kind of fumbling around. They're lost in the woods. Uh, I think it could be part of the story here. And I think Naito is going a long way. So my, my vote is with Naito. I, I joked once that Sonato could become the
2: leader of Bullet Club, and I think it would be very funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cold
1: score <school> Bullet Club. <laughs> yeah, it
2: would be uh, all the way. Okay,
1: so here's my argument for El Fantasma. And it is when you get to that semi-final, mm. El Fantasma versus Will Ospreay is a hell of a match. And El Fantasmo as someone climbing to the top of Bullet Club and Will Ospreay as the head of United Empire is an even more intriguing match. Tetsuya Naito has had a lot of attention on him over the last two months. He had three title matches last year at the beginning of the year. It is a question of do you go back to what you know will potentially work or do you start rebuilding for the future? And so everything about their planning right now is about building for the future. And with yeah. that, that is my argument that I, I think we need to see Phantasmo here more than I want to see Naito because Phantasmo as a pillar of New Japan going forward over the next two to three years is probably best for business for mm-hmm.
0: Are we mm-hmm. sure they're really building for the future totally on here? I mean, I, I mean, I think they are, but I, I I'll have my reasons for that. We'll go into that. Uh, Scott, you're
1: the you're the
2: I admittedly, I don't even like Phantasmo, so this is part <laughs> of this is oh,
1: this... Yeah. you gotta remember this. Phantasmo was united with the Bucks, and Osprey is united with United Empire, so there's a natural rivalry there too. I'm making my argument. Uh it'll boy. break my it'll bust my whole bracket Ah... <laughs> <Fantasmo doesn't>... uh.
2: <laughs> You know what? I'm so I'm actually going to go because of the Chase Owens factor. I didn't, I'm, I feel like I should take in the double bullet club idea into respect. Yeah, oh, Chase Owens, come on. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Getting a bye um, in the first round. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I didn't pay attention to that.
1: <laughs> Upper stakes, uh, elder stakes, with Chase Owens. <laughs> I, I
2: gotta go with my gut, and I'm gonna go with Naito. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You good. almost had me. Something oh good. man! Well, I, I hope I'm—I—I I, I expect to now be completely wrong, Jerry. We can just be like, "I
1: told you." <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have conflict. Yeah. You, know,
0: you twisted his arm pretty good there. I thought he was going to. Hey,
1: I—I I, I could be wrong.
2: Yeah. I'm just going with my gut of where I've thought about this the whole time. So
0: yeah, yeah, the only way I could go.
1: We got Renderita and we got Evil. Uh, good Lord! I
0: hope this is Ren
1: uh, I feel yeah. like they got the upper hand over Evil the last time with the titles, and Evil. Yeah.
0: forward. You think Evil's getting his win back on this one?
1: Yep. Mm.
0: They've been protecting Ren for the most part. Uh, he, he he did lose uh, at the yeah he did lose recently by submission there all that stuff. And I'm gonna go with Arita. Okay. Scott,
1: I'm,
0: gonna, I'm gonna go with Evil. Mm. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Ooh, I mean, Scott, yeah. your favorite, Otto versus Mark Davis.
2: I hope Mark Davis squashes him. <laughs> right. I, I I want Osprey and Mark Davis more than I want anything else in this bracket. I
1: discussion. I think that that is entirely yeah. a more entertaining match. I don't think we're getting that. Much.
0: No, you're probably right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm
2: going to pick Mark Davis. It would be selfish here.
1: I got yeah.
0: I Now I'll take Davis because I, I mean I, I I don't think anybody here thinks that anybody but will is moving on to the final eight there so no matter who it's going to be him i I think this is an opportunity to have interfaction uh guy uh, interfactional matches without it having to be a big angle or a big feud Mm -hmm. and i think that might be a thing where uh, davis just has a match with will there and it'll probably be terrific and part of it is yeah hoping that i don't have to watch will try to navigate a Yano match.
2: But Hey, know, I like go. the way the second round looks right now, except for Chase yeah. Owens, so we're doing good. All
1: right, <laughs> All right so we're going to go back to the other side. we got Kyle Fletcher and Hiroki Godo. What are we feeling
2: here? I I think Kyle Fletcher is a, like, legitimately can be a future single star. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't think he beats both of Vishimon. so I'm going to go with Godo here.
1: Agreed. See, I th- I think he does, and that sets up the rematch.
2: Mm. I hope you're but, right, because I Dodo love
1: is the choice. Yeah. Oh, this match. Ooh. Who who who's hotter right now? Shingo Takagi versus Tama Tonga.
2: I see a way to set up a never open weight <laughs> yeah. title match. That's what I see here. Yep. Absolutely so right. Think- It'd be great to have Shingo win and then give Tamatonga an actual big match with this belt. You can have that main event, a show if you want to on the tour coming Mm -hmm. up. So I think that'd be good. Yeah, no hesitance here.
0: I think Takagi's winning this one.
1: Because Takagi already has the king of pro wrestling. Oh my God, I forgot about that. (laughs) Tamatonga has the never open weight title. And I am looking at other matches in another bracket that says to me Tamatonga's opponent might be someone that they are recently trying to heat up that might not make it uh mm. all the way to the finals. So my personal choice is Tamatonka here.
0: Okay. Hmm. All right, interesting.
1: What do we got? Shingo or Tana Do you guys both have Shingo? Yeah.
0: Okay. yeah. Yeah I do.
1: So I will tell you I thought that the uh the eventual match to make for Genesis was David Finley versus Tamatonka.
2: Oh uh, that's a good one too. That's that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Possible, but I,
0: I don't. I don't. That's I don't sure. see the only way that works is if they're in the semifinals against each other, and I don't see that in this bracket anyway. So
1: Yeah, so that was kind of where I was thinking. I thought uh, because Shota is already somewhat established, David could get mm. a win over him and then end up going against Tamatonga and then losing in the finals to whoever's on the other side. But uh, that is no longer a possibility. I just had to get that out there now because that was some of my reasoning earlier. All right, we got David Finley and Great Ocon.
2: I'll go with David Finley. I think we're really building him up.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: I agree. I I don't think he loses until the semis. Great O'Connor until, until the quarters. Until the uh, excuse me, I'm wrong. Until the quarters. I don't. Think, I think he wins at least two here to get him jump to jump started. Yeah. Shota Umino uh,
1: and Zach Saber Junior.
2: Uh, this feels like that type of match that can ruin my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Shota. I think I think Shota needs to. Uh, I think he needs this tournament, believe it or not. Like I know he's young, but I think if you really want to establish these young guys, the New Japan Cup is always the best way to do that.
1: Showed a humano over Sabre Jr. is a great match for Security
0: Genesis. Ooh, good show.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. And and it, and for the T V title and all that stuff. And and I would have no problem with it. Remember the idea of the TV title was for younger guys, a younger man's title. Now you use a guy like Zach to establish it. No issue with that whatsoever. And he's a good guy to do the time limit teases and sneak a pinfall in with 1450 to, you know, all that stuff. Perfect guy for all that. I think they've, he's been effective and he's made some title defenses. I think this could be, this could be showed his thing. The mm-hmm. the, the TV title in this first little, this first little beltlet.
1: Uh, I'm with you guys. All right, so we got Sonata and Kenta over on the other side.
2: I'm pretty set on if Sonata wins one match, he's going. He's going. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go with Sonata. Though if if Noah Kenta wants to show him his face again, I, I'm not going to be upset. Is he a champion now?
1: Kenta is the strong champion. The strong
2: oh, champion. Right, right. He defeated
1: so, Fred Rosser.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, thank you for the reminder. Yeah, I'm still going to go with Sonata.
1: I'm
0: with Sonata as well. Yep, I'm in I'm agreement with there. I think, it, yeah, like you said, if the, whoever wins, even if it's Taichi, by the way, I still put him over Kenna right there. I think mm-hmm. whoever wins that first round is going.
1: A uh, a commercial for just four guys is the, essentially, I, I still think Sonata, just four guys. That is a just five guys. nice. Well, you could just kind of take uh, Taka and just make him the manager. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> we got Naito and Chase Owens.
2: It better be Naito. <laughs> it better be El Phantasma or Naito. I specifically say
0: that. Yes. Yeah. It's gonna be Naito.
1: All right. We got uh Evil and Jeff Cobb.
0: Hmm. Uh, I think I do think they put. You see now. Oh boy. Now see. Oh boy.
2: See, <laughs>
0: they might be doing the interesting, the most interesting of the uh, of the. Uh, Oh, boy, of the Will Osprey faction here with Cobb and Osprey, if they wanted to do that. Uh, They're not
1: doing that. Yeah, boy.
0: So, uh, you think evil's going all the way that far?
1: Uh, I had the thought that if Sonata were to get to the semifinals, that he would have to face evil. Mm -hmm. That was was how that bracket kind of... the, The Sonata story means going through evil... I I am again going to stick to my guns and say that Will Ospreay will get foiled at every opportunity to get his title match against Okada until Wrestle Kingdom. So somewhere in the semifinals or finals, Ospreay's losing. And I think it's the semifinals.
2: So yeah. I, I think there is an interesting story there to think about is that I, I am going to pick Evil here. Um, but between Evil and Ospreay, Sonata has a story there with both of them. Mm-hmm. Like you the know, face, you know, the orbital bone. The orbital bone. He made it made Sonata drop the title, right? That kind of sh- sh- that's what led to all his bad luck. Mm-hmm. So it's that like- would
1: actually that's a compelling argument to bring Will Ospreay all the way forward. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I like that.
2: By the way, we'll Osprey meet Mark Davis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, Mark. I, I love you, but I uh, okay. didn't give you much of a shot.
1: So right. we're getting to the final eight here. Uh, not. I, I think I have like out kind of the eight were in my
0: original. Flame, Flaming Shark asks a very interesting question here. Evil beating Narita Cobb and Osprey is Ghetto paying you guys off? <laughs> uh, no, I have received no money from Ghetto. I also uh, am in the minority on this
1: one. I don't think Evil's getting anywhere near all this. So, we'll see what's do you want red? Do you think you think red Narita and Jeff Cobb is the match that happens? I mean, it could, but I feel like Jeff Cobb. I would Cobb prefer It is lunch I, yeah. money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's what happens and I think Cobb wins it, to be
1: honest. Interesting. All right. Well you're gonna that's part of your bracket later on because I think you got upvoted. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go back to the top corner. Hiroki Godo versus Shingo Takagi.
0: Shingo. I mean, I, I don't think I think Goto will have proven his point by then. And uh, Goto is exactly the kind of guy that loses in the quarters and in, in tournaments like this. He's a guy that has all the credibility in the world, and it'll be a terrific match. But it's the kind of match, especially for somebody who I still think will be the tag team champion at the time. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> see him beating Shingo here, and so uh, I, I think I think Takagi wins.
1: Yeah, I, think
2: I think you want that former world champion at least on one side of each bracket so i'll go with uh i'll go with shingo yeah
1: david finley and shoda umino oh my god it better be shoda i'm
2: gonna go shoda I, I i'm sticking to
0: my guns here i have said for a long time i predicted before the bracket ever came out that Shoto Omino is going to make the semifinals of the cup because i think that's going to be the beginning of his uh Push because he kept, you know, had to lose to Naito and all that. But uh, I I do think that's coming. I think Shota gets this win.
2: Wouldn't be shocked though if they really wanted to push Finley. No,
1: I wouldn't. I I think I think the plan is for Shota to have that match, and so he doesn't move forward. I think it's Mm. Finley personally, and I think they're they're really invested in him. And I don't think it was a coincidence that his attack on Jay White happened right before the cup. My mm. pick is David Finley here, but we're gonna go move forward. Sure,
2: it wouldn't be the first time he's made it far.
1: Yeah,
2: no, yeah,
0: it's true.
1: All right, so we got Sonata and Tepsi and Naito on the other side.
2: I'm sticking with Sonata. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm fully committed to the Sonata thing now. Which could hopefully uh,
0: that means he's waking up for the tournament too. That'd be great.
1: All right, Conway, let will hear your argument for Naito.
0: I'm gonna go with Naito just because one, I think he's coming out of this bracket, and I'm not even sure Sonata gets out of the first round. I think Taichi I'm might awesome win. I, so, so you know that that's. Bro, <laughs> well, that I really wasn't gets even me.
1: sure Naito was getting out of the first <laughs>
0: round. <laughs> that's very true. I think it's about time we all admit it. We don't know what the hell's going on. In no, this going yeah, yeah, and, and so, but uh, we,
1: after, all, yeah, it is fun. God, we're all good. We'll all tell each other who we are, top two, and and our, our predicted winner is. And we can we can have our have our cake and eat it too.
0: <laughs> Naito is my pick here.
1: I'm gonna Oh all right. Nice. Evil and will osprey. Dear Lord. Osprey. Osprey. Yeah, I
0: mean Osprey.
1: The the story that you just told was very, very compelling. And so I am, I am Cool, it.
2: I just thought of it.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> So, we got Shingo Takagi versus Shota Umino. Make your arguments, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to establish Shota in this cup, he's got to beat a world champion, right? He's got to beat a former world champion.
1: Go big or go um, home.
2: Yeah, and I think him getting a win over Shingo Takagi, that's about as big of a win you can get these days in New Japan without beating like an Okada or Naito, right? It's like who's not those who who's not the pillars of New Japan mm-hmm. that you can beat and get a lot from? It's Shingo, Um I think Shota Umino beating Shingo Takagi makes a lot of
0: sense. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that as well for basically the same reasons. It's a way to one have a terrific match and for B to get that win, uh, a huge win without it being the win, hmm. which is still to
1: come.
2: I, and I also think whoever wins that bottom bracket is representing in the finals, I will say, between Shota and David Finley or Zach, if Zach randomly wins again, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but I could be wrong.
1: Uh, I'm going to have to go with Shota on this. Neither one of these were my to to get out of the bracket, but they – but they all like served a purpose, getting to where they are. So for the sake of how this is played out, I think Shota Amino is the choice. Yeah.
0: We got um, Sonata yeah.
1: and Will Osprey.
0: <laughs> well, all right, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, of these two, I would say Will, which would set up the rematch with Shota, coming off that whole thing where Red Shoes had to stop the match and things. God damn it! Which- it does. Which is a oh. which, which is a very <laughs> which is a very compelling story. I'll tell you why I'm thinking that and, and as far as this goes.
2: <sighs> this again, has worked well for me. <laughs> again, I, I think
0: again, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: Again, I think Naito Naito gets there and actually beats Osprey because sure. Jeremy, I agree with you that he gets the I think the whole thing is he gets the win back over Osprey after the G1 finals. And also, I think they will continue to put those little obstacles in front of Will because I don't think, you know, it's going to be a, a little while before all that pays off. Mm. Could be a G1, could be that we'll get to all that. But yeah, for this one, since Naito's out of this one, I got to pick Will, and uh, but with the idea that Shota still has uh, that mountain to climb. So let's, I'm going to pick Will over <laughs> Sonata.
2: Uh, this is where I'll I'll sit here and admit the reason I voted for Sonata and Shota Umino is I think they're the two favorites to win this tournament. Um, so I was like, I want to cover bases on both sides just <laughs> in case. Um, that being said, to me, either, you know, if Naito wins, I think had Naito would beat Osprey, and then you get Osprey, uh, Naito and Shota, like I pointed out earlier, right? Like I, po- I pointed that out, because that's the match that you go back to after Naito had originally beat him. But if it's this case that we have here, having Will Osprey lose the show to Shoto Umino in the finals beca- and play off that Red Shoes angle, that's exciting. I think the I think the idea of continuing Osprey's story of getting to that moment, right, getting to Okada in the world title, is exciting. But just failing at the end, like he did in the G One last year is all the more exciting to me. And then you establish Shota Umino via this New Japan Cup. Now, watch me be wrong. Watch Shota Umino lose to Yujiro Takahashi, and we can all just go home. And <laughs> it won't even matter. he will lose via the, Big Juice. It'll be great. The bracket buster. But uh, I'm going to pick Osprey because... I don't even know how we ended up here. I don't even think this is yep. really close to my final four. No,
0: no, that's not
1: one one choice in the beginning bracket, and it all went to shit for me. For me. <laughs> so so
0: how, yeah. So how about we vote for the? We'll, we'll vote for this. We'll, we'll see this all the way through. Then yeah. we'll talk about what we think is actually going to happen, right? Yeah. No, well, no. we'll each yeah. talk
1: about our picks. We got ten minutes to, to knock this out. So okay. I, I really, I really like this story of Will Osprey versus Shota Umno, Because here's why. If Will Ospreay loses to Shota Umino, who then goes on to Sakura Genesis and gets wiped the floor with Okada, mm. that's going to fuck with Will Ospreay's head. That he couldn't yeah. beat this guy that Okada beat handily or just he dispatched. Because yeah. that, that is a story psychologically of a guy that has to keep rebuilding from the bottom. Because they don't want him to lose all that much. So the story can't be mm-hmm. Will Ospreay has got a shitty losing streak. He's not a good wrestler right. anymore but if he has like mental like like things that are happening it's just like he has to overcome these obstacles that you never saw coming that is a compelling story so i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with that as well i think we'll off the pick okay so we agree that uh Shoda should win the whole thing
2: if this happens exactly like this
1: yes
0: yes yeah if if this is the circ if these are the circumstances yes
2: i like establishing a guy like that through this tournament
1: screenshot in this one
0: so scott yeah. edwards Bur- what's actually it, going what is actually going to happen here uh
2: so i'm actually gonna so i think i've had i personally i had nito osprey shoda and i'm not gonna lie to you guys i have no idea in that top bracket <laughs> haven't been able to figure it out for days i've been staring at it. i said none of these names really jump out to me like i want them to um because Shingo, of course coming off that world title match already so like he doesn't seem as obvious as you think uh tamatanga is interesting because he's also the never openweight champion and, you know, maybe if he got to the semifinals and Shota got that win, hey, there's another title match for him. But yeah, I, I realize I have Shota Umino being a lot of champions. I get it. Um, so I think it, I'll say it's Naito, Osprey, Umino, and uh, Tamatonga Or Hiroka, yeah, Tamatanga. Maybe. I have no idea. As you can tell. I'm not confident in that top bracket at all. <laughs> All right. Went, so my
1: final four yeah. were El Phantasmo in the top corner, Will Osprey in the bottom corner. Mm. Uh, it was a pick up between Takagi and Tamatonga in the other corner, sure. which I was leaning towards Tamatonga, and then David Finley in the bottom corner, which would eventually lead to Tamatonga versus El Fantasmo, uh going into the final two face. Wow. Okada final. TV. Okada at
2: Secure
0: Genesis. That'd be a wild final. Way to establish ELP, though. Yeah, I am going to go with actually three of the four that are here. Will, Shota, and Shingo, I think, are correct. Again, I'm going with Naito in the upper left. My idea is Naito gets his win back over Will. That keeps Will out of the <laughs> picture here just enough it puts naito in the finals against shoda who gets that win that's not quite there against against shingo and then we do have naito against shoda in the finals the reason i'm picking naito in this is because it is for a main event of what is one of their bigger shows sakura genesis they usually go with a really big match for this and naito is a security blanket guy ghetto's got mm-hmm. his security blanket guys okada's one of them obviously naito's certainly one of them when he needs a big match and he needs to sell tickets and, and we're, again we're talking about a company where ticket sales means more than it does to even the companies here in the united states do uh, he needs to sell tickets And Naito versus Okada moves tickets. And I think that's where they're going to go with it. And I think you have the story that Shota still has the Naito-shaped mountain to climb in that he can't Mm -hmm. quite get over that guy's hump. That could be for the G1. And then they would still have Shota against Zack, because he will have gone over Zack to get there. So it's Zack or Genesis. No, Shota Amino isn't challenging for the IWGP title, but he beat a champion in the tournament, and I think you can give him a win at Genesis over Zack and give him his first title run. So I think it can accomplish all those things. And Naito can be a match that Okada, who I mentioned is the new Inoki, can win and carry on forward as we get closer and closer to G1.
2: I, I I just want to point out. I think it's hilarious, and none of us had Sonata yet. He ended up in the
1: final. He yeah. was in one of my like <laughs> original blueprints. I'm like, bro, of all these people, of all the of all the established yeah. like New Japan people that's been around, Sonata is the one that just hasn't had anything interesting happen to them. Everyone, yeah. of like Taichi, Kenta, Naido, everybody seems to have some kind of story, some type of narrative, some type of direction for their character. Sure. And Sonata doesn't really seem to have anything going on other than you know he he was against Manabu Soya and he had the he had the losing streak, but no one else really has a lock on what what feels like Sonata's next direction right now. So when there I'd is an average pretty... of it you think maybe this is his direction.
2: Yeah. I'd be pretty depressed if I lost to Manabu Soya too. So Ooh. yeah. <laughs> I mean
0: I watched Suwama bully that man at the Muto show. So I just want to yeah. point that out. Oh, definitely. All right. So there we go. We managed to we managed to get through that. And, uh, we did I think, it. Yeah, there we have it. So we'll
2: see and how no it one's confident in the bracket. That's fantastic.
1: Again, <laughs> if we're right, we'll never shut up about it. If we're <laughs> wrong, you're never gonna bring it up again.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we'll burn it. <laughs> we'll burn the uh we, got, uh
1: we got a few seconds to do some socials here. Scott, why don't you give yourself some uh, some social love for the people watching?
2: Yeah, please uh, follow me at Scott E. Wrestling on Twitter. You can see all my wrestling thoughts throughout the week. Of course, you can please check out the uh, five-star Joshi show here on the Fight Game Media Network. Steven will actually be on there this week so you another really cheap plug
0: yeah i will yeah no i'm very excited about it i'm, I'm really happy to be doing your show scott we're going to be talking stardom and and my journey part of it i know uh, is going to be about my journey into getting into stardom which is uh, a company that i've been aware of and watched some of I, but i would hit highlights i would hit big matches i'd hit i first started following stardom truly this past year and uh, we're going to talk a lot about that journey and a lot about what's coming up with that company which is um really about as well booked as anything going in wrestling right now. And it's just been really strong and I've enjoyed the hell out of it. So we're going to talk that. So uh, looking forward to it and hope everybody uh, listens in.
2: Yeah. So uh, please check that out. That's, that's my, that's all my plugs, but follow me to see everything else. That's the, that's the
1: easiest way to get there. So we have a discord for fight game media. Now that you can find by going to the pinned tweet on fight game media, Twitter, And you can also email gg at fightgamemedia.com for an invite if you're looking to join in on conversations about this show, AEW, WWE, New Japan, other promotions, other shows that we do there. It's a fun, growing community, kind of made some attention this weekend here and there on the internet, but I promise you, it's a fun time, it's informative, (laughs) smart people are hanging out there, and we'd love to have you. And if you uh you get this message and you want to get in from there, mention you got it from Speaking of Strong Stuff.
0: All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, we're about to wrap this one up here, and uh, we're getting some love on our brackets and for uh, for stardom as well. So that's great. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I always thought we had a. And a very intelligent uh, viewership here, and it's uh, being confirmed. So a lot of good stuff going on in Japan right now. So uh, with that in mind, we'll be back next week to talk more about it, and then uh, we'll have uh, boy uh, have the uh, the junior show to talk about some of the early cards from this uh, tournament. So uh, the New Japan Cup. So a lot to go. Thank you very much, Scott, for joining us. Really appreciate thank your time. Thank you, thank you for All having right. me. Love doing this. For Jeremy, I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you for joining us on Speaking of Strong Style. We'll be back next week with more. We'll see you real soon.